0: A lot of people want to put the front seven, the back four. Um, I look at it this way it's like you have a front seven and a back, kind of a back eight, right? So. Oh, we should dominate 15 people. Well, yeah, if you do math that way.
1: Let's see. Seven plus eight equals 11 in football, according to Tony, that is. And of course, that line was taken a bit out of context, but stay tuned as you'll be able to hear how Tony completes his logic for the 2016 UGA defense. Hey there, dog fans. Welcome back to the Waitin' Since Last Saturday podcast. I'm Scott Duvall. We are about one week away from the Chick-fil-A kickoff game where UGA will open up at the Dome against the University of North Carolina. There's still a lot to cover, many unknowns, like who's going to be place-kicking for Georgia, what's the rotation for the defensive line going to look like, and, of course, who might be the starting quarterback at 5.30 p.m. on September 3rd. Tony, Will, and I will cover all those topics and more on this Bulldog Preview podcast. So sit back, and we hope you enjoy the next 80 minutes as we discuss offense, defense, special teams, and more, and give our predictions on how we see UGA finishing this season. It's a good one today. Here we go. Where have you been, Will?
2: I had to go to uh, New York City on Monday and Tuesday to call, uh, I think I mentioned last week, I do these MLB Plus games for... uh, Major League Baseball, and um, so I called with Mike Petriello and Darren Sutton, son of Don Sutton. Um, called the Nationals Orioles games, two Orioles victories. My uh, my friend uh, uh, Tim Kelly, owner of the Rook and Pawn, big Orioles fan. So he so I uh, I brought him back a couple of victories. Awesome from uh, from there. So it was fun, and then uh, um, I'm still doing Bloomberg Politics stuff. So I taped <clears throat> I had a segment on um, on Hillary Clinton on uh, for with all due respect the show with John Holmes and then Mark Halperin, and uh, reminding once again that if you do any sort of political television, particularly now, because I mean, obviously you guys know we did this, I did that stuff last year, and then doing doing again this year. Um, but we are closer to the election now, so more people are paying attention to this stuff now. So I literally just did this frankly, pretty fluffy <laughs> piece about uh, – it wasn't fluffy like she's so great. It was just like it wasn't really the consequential one way or the other. It was basically about how Hillary Clinton used to be very terrible on being like on Stephen Colbert's show or Letterman show. And now she is slightly less terrible, <laughs> right. so, which is was, which was basically the segment. Um, and about how Trump, w- who was always very good at it, but now he's kind of like gone into – like, he only does interviews with Hannity now. Like, he's no longer, like, like crossing over in that way. And, but it was a very fluffy, like... Like, I, I was actually a little embarrassed to do it. Not because it wasn't interesting, but it's just... Like, there's, like, serious issues going on in the world. And I'm talking about jokes on, uh, Jimmy, on Jimmy Kimmel's show. But then I, I always forgot, like... I forgot now that more people are paying attention. When you look at your Twitter mentions... After you do a television hit on political television, it's just literally people on both sides calling you a, a, giant, a horrible person, calling right. me all right. sorts of horrible names. So, so, who
1: won out? Was it uh, the left or the right calling you a horrible person? Oh, it was
2: both. It was both. It was. It was definitely both. Uh, um,
0: I'll w- s- Will's Q score won out.
2: For what it's worth. For what it's worth. Uh, there is no real difference in intelligence level or punctuation level of someone who is mad online. <laughs> whether whether they are uh, there's there's been a lot of discussion in this election about uh, um, you know college graduates going for one candidate or non college graduates going for another candidate. When you're mad online, I don't think it matters whether you went to college or whether you can write your name in the ground and stick. Or now you're I just mean, mad and screaming.
0: Well, strangely enough, that holds true for Stanford fans and Mississippi State fans. Yes. So <laughs> exactly, yeah. I'm just exactly. that's just the way. It is. That's exactly. exactly. Don't mind, or 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 uh, Florida
2: fans, or like a like a, like a college universities fans, right? Like no, yeah, like yeah. a four year universities, fans right? A place that a, like that provides information for their students, yeah, and, uh, yeah. and gives them uh,
0: life lessons and a chance to prepare them for the for the world that awaits. That's exactly right, sir. I'm getting a, good at the Florida Nation. Yeah, I'm getting good, right? You work in some Santa Fe Community College jokes, near all over. All
1: it. right, I'm on it. I'm on it. I'm on it. Well, today we are going to dive deep. Is thats that, is that what we're going to do? We're going to dive deep into dive the deep. Georgia...
2: You're the producer. Whatever it is you say we're yes. doing. This okay. is the preview show.
1: This is yeah, the actual
2: the... team preview show.
1: So this is going to be the season kind of at a glance, and then we're going to get some updates on from Tony on kind of depth positions, oh, I would God. assume. Yeah, <laughs> no, what's coming next? No. no, whatever he's read or some of his insight uh, that he's gathered from the latest Georgia practices what the first team might look like if it were going to roll out this weekend and just all in all predictions and I guess collective opinions on whether or not the dogs will make it to the promised land or be something less than that, maybe like 2010 uh, UGA. So it's going to be somewhere in between, I have a feeling.
2: Also, don't feel pressure to get too far into the weeds because on Friday, um, I'm going to do a little side podcast. Where I'm going to interview Seth Emerson. I'm oh, do a oh, cool. We might yeah. as well
1: just end it right now. Yeah. <laughs> he can do the... Go he, dogs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can,
2: <laughs> See later. the problem is, is he's a media person I'm a media person, so I'll be asking him questions like... Media how, person questions? Yeah, so? like, how
1: is he
0: in the press conference? Tell me about What's a time. What's different about Rick? Yeah. Can, coach, can you talk about... Yeah, exactly. Seth, can you talk about...
2: Exactly. Uh, uh, which one of your Journal Constitution guys can you stand and which ones can't you? So what time... Ta- um, ta- I have ideas. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tape that on Thursday. But
1: what time should Tony and I be ready to join y'all? <laughs>
2: I feel we'd let, I'd let you guys out of that one if you didn't have. You well, know. we have football prize Thursday night. Oh, that's right, we yeah. do. We
1: right. have flag football. We didn't give a flag football update last week. Well, we don't have games till mid September. So. Yeah,
0: although we did get the schedule yes. and the season oh. finale. Mm-hmm. It is the Rams versus the Eagles, no. uh, which is both of our teams. So are there
2: playoffs? Is there a playoff? no?
0: It's that, that we don't keep score here see, except for premier. Scott does. Oh,
2: no uh, oh, I'm
1: keeping score. Yeah, yeah. See, that's there's the no message. scoreboard or something, but you know yeah. the coaches are gonna. The kids will be coming up and saying hey, what's the score? And I'm going to be saying we're beating Tony's team 28 to nothing. The
2: appropriate, the appropriate uh, Namby-Pamby-Liberal answer that
0: I give you is, is that the score is rainbow against happy face. Yeah, <laughs> that's, actually that's something what like that. to say. So, yeah. uh, it, it was There it were noted differences between we, Scott and I practicing adjacent fields. Uh, his, his practices were well-paced and um, well-thought-out. He had a diagram, he had a chart, and pretty sure I had a whistle. <laughs> um, so we'll see, we'll see, we'll see which one. I literally, I think we're going to draw plays in the dirt. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what we're going to do.
1: I use the old uh, Manila envelope, uh, back of the card, you know, drawing out, you know, and I'm using colors instead of saying, okay, you're a quarterback, you're a wide receiver. I'm using like, okay, you're yellow. You're red. You're, oh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this to the competition.
0: <laughs> no, it's fine. It's all going to change when I go put my bike coach's shorts on. Though.
1: Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And you're going to, that's changing. And you're going to, you're going to spin your whistle in one hand, one direction and then the other direction. like Oh, the yeah. I'm
0: going to buddy Ryan this thing up. That's right. Well, yeah. That. Or bump Phillips. Oh, I should bump Phillips it up.
1: Well, no, you're Eagles. You have to buddy Ryan.
0: I guess I do have to buddy Ryan yeah. it. or Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. Oh, I love, I wish, no, this is, this, Rob Ryan has the hair. Right? Rob Ryan has the hair. Rex, Ryan. Rex <gasps> Ryan
1: looks exactly
2: like Rob Ryan without the hair. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, so I thought for this show. So, anyway, so I'll talk to him a little bit. Um, so, the first game is. For you guys, for you guys, not for Georgia, for you.
1: Oh, our game. I don't know. Uh, the September fifteenth. Is it?
2: Yeah. 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 Whatever he said. Well, you, if you guys, you guys got to work on your coaching cliches. Like, oh no, you I, guys I are not know, looking yeah. at like like you guys are already talking about the last game of the year, but you really only take this thing. Well, one well, game at a time. I just
0: want to say, you know, we work hard to get better every day, and these they, they're <laughs> out there. They're pressing others. We got places we need to improve. Still don't know where, where we're going to be on the defensive line. Uh, but you know, these some of these kids have have done really well in, in getting their heads and where mm-hmm. we want them to be. Uh off season has looked really good. The guys come back stronger than I think we've ever seen them. It's <laughs> really good at this um, but you know in the end, it's really is just about taking things one game at a time. We're not even looking forward to September fifteenth yet. We probably won't even worry about that until the week of uh, there's no need to even think about it right now. We're just trying to get better every game, every day. That was fantastic. That's
1: awesome. That I'm not gonna let good. my players speak to the media. Yeah, uh, yeah, No, now
2: you're assistant coaches. Your no, assistant coaches don't no, going no. to talk
1: to the media. Um,
2: <laughs> well let's
1: let's uh let's dive <laughs> in. So uh, here's, here's what I think yeah, yeah, let's like, dive in. Yeah,
2: I, I thought we might do is we might like look at uh, um, I, I, here's my general theory as to how go we might organize it. this. We might go – we might start backwards because uh, people often start with the offense and go to defense and special teams. And by the end, they're like, I don't really care about the special teams so they are losing mm-hmm. out. So I thought because the quarterback is such a big part of what this discussion will end up being about and as will the running backs, I thought we might start with the special teams, then go the defense, and uh, then uh, do offense. And then maybe
0: we could go through the schedule game by game, and then we'll see where we all stand. How's that sound? Tony way? likes that. It's it's uh, it's fine. I just realized I printed I – printed three different sheets of a page uh, that I thought was printing out the roster and the schedule. Fortunately, you have Bill Conley's uh, 2016 schedule, which is what I was actually printing out because I I love Conley's numbers and kind of the way he thinks about games. So um, I think that's fine with me. I'm always willing to talk about defense first because if your offense isn't very good, dot, dot, dot. Yes. Yes. Um, first
2: off, are there any recent updates, immediate updates that we have from uh, from practice or anything? I, to me, the thing I saw today was uh, a Seth Emerson Dispatch, a very, a very, a very eagle-eyed or eagle-eared. I guess eagles mm-hmm. probably have good ears. A bat-eared. I guess they're deaf. Doesn't matter. The point is, an animal that has good ears and hears well that. Dogs. Metaphor of yes, exactly. A dog-eared uh, reporter noticed that when he was talking about who, uh, when Kirby Smart was talking about in the press conference today, people that might be ready to uh, run the ball. He's talking about because Nick Chubb. He says thinks he's going to be ready to go, and he mentioned a bunch of names. And one of the names that he did not mention was Sony Michelle. And so then the follow-up question was asked about Sony, and he says he's not sure he's going to be ready. He's not there yet. And so the good news about that, of course, is that Nick Chubb. Seems to be ready to go against a team. Then we'll talk about this in next week's podcast, which is the actual North Carolina preview. But it, it, he looks like Chubb is going to be ready to go get a bunch of carries. But it doesn't look like Tony Michelle is going to be there, at least not not 100% the first game.
0: Well, we're 10 days out, um, from that. We are what not quite four weeks out from where Chubb literally had a bone sticking through his arm, uh, Indeed. sticking out his arm. So I'm sorry. Sony Michelle had a bone sticking out of his arm. Right. So, you know, this isn't like, I I made, I made, I made the joke and I don't know if I made it here, but I made the joke, you know, my daughter broke her elbow back at Thanksgiving and she was out, you know, playing tackle with her brother five weeks later. Um, Clearly it's a very different situation. And, and, Coach uh, Smart, quite quite correctly said, you know, right now we're as concerned about ball security as anything else. Um, you know, there's a difference between having a you know a broken arm where it's a fracture and you can secure it, in somebody that had literally had their their forearm reconstructed. Um, so, you know, I I don't like where that puts our running back situation. You know, I I especially think especially with
1: Holyfield getting that ankle sprain, right? With
0: Holyfield with the ankle sprain, you know, you 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 hope. Chubb is back. It sounds like he's going to be back for this game, regardless of what his, whatever we think his status is or should be. But, you know, at some point you got to think, oh, this is this going to run the ball 35 times because, you know, you don't, that's a lot. That's an awful lot of times. I mean, even, even the most aggressive times with, with, with Georgia running the football. I mean, that would have been the Moose Smith days or even, um, I mean, I guess a couple times with, uh, with Gurley, I think he got over 30 a couple times. Um, that's a lot of runs. That's an awful lot of runs. You know, I, I would think basically looking at what Jim Chaney's offenses have been in the past, you know, at Pittsburgh last year they were completely set up to be fo- focused around James Conner and there was nothing about that offense that made you think that Conner was going to get more than 27 8 9 touches a game. So, I hope I hope Sonny gets better. There's no need to rush him back because you don't you can't have him hurting that arm again, but boy, we're going to be thin at running back right
1: are are there any x factors like you know maybe put a godwin back there for five snaps or isaiah mckenzie well i think i
0: think you could see i think you could see some jet sweeps and things like that um it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see brennan brennan douglas get some i'm pretty confident
1: with douglas i mean he's proven yeah i mean
0: he he, you what you're getting with douglas is what you're getting exactly um you're not getting a guy that's gonna has breakaway speed you're not
2: gonna get a guy that's gonna fumble well, he's got a couple of those actually hanging around, too. What,
0: what you're getting is somebody that's going to go in and bruise up the defensive line. That's what you're asking for out of Brandon Douglas. Now, if he gets a breakaway and he gets a one-on-one with a linebacker, he's going to make the linebacker look silly, and we've seen that. Um, but, you know, you also have to think that they are going to be there, – there will be times where there will be running backs in there that you think absolutely no way that guy touches the ball and they're going to run the ball. I mean, there'll be. that'll I think you'll see that some on third downs. I don't think there's any doubt at this point Nick Chubb is going to start – and, you know, the real question is kind of what what sort of formation would we come out in and what our offense look like? Because that's, I think a lot of people are working on the assumption our offense is going to look exactly like it did with Mark Rick. I, I don't think there's any guarantees at all that. Um, you can read some tea leaves about what Jim Chaney likes to do. And the thing I like about Jim Chaney is he's very much about fitting his scheme to what talent he has. I mean, he ran a true, true pro set at Arkansas, like, you know, two running back pro set, you know. Up in, in Pittsburgh, it was going to be, uh, you know, a one-back, a one-back, you know, spread the ball out a little bit. But Tennessee, you know, he, they threw the ball a fair amount. So. Well, and,
1: and don't forget the quarterback's best friend. We are loaded at tight end. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: so I think with Blazevich and Jackson Harris and even Isaac Nauta, that's going to be a good fallback if we do run into that problem, especially against UNC with a little lack of depth at running back and then playing maybe musical chair quarterbacks in the first game. The
2: that's the other little update that we had today, which is to say another non-update. Right. The I think Smarts quote was um, nobody's jumped out, which again he could, should say that. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean
1: why, I, why give Fedora anything else to you know prepare for?
2: Yeah, but I mean, the other concern of that is maybe no one has actually maybe jumped no out. Maybe no one's really and, jumped uh, out. And I think that that's the actual because I think you're right. I think that if someone has jumped out. Uh, there's no reason to, I guess, promote that too much. I mean, this nobody-has-jumped-out thing has basically been the party line for right six months. Uh, so
0: 24 years. Yes.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the idea that uh, it's possible that they just don't know by now. I'll put it that
0: way. I thought we might at least be down to two. That's. I thought there would be some person. Uh, well, in, you know, a may, w- in a way, we're down to two in that we're down to Eason or one of the other two. I mean,
2: yeah. But <laughs> no, no, you're right. That's actually being down to
0: three. No, I don't I don't think it is. Okay, why? Um, well, I think it's going to be either Lambert or Eason at this point. You don't know, think like Ramsey? I think Ramsey. I don't I don't know why, other than just, you know, the rumors you hear, but I you know, I think it probably is Lambert and Eason. But I could still see some arguments where Ramsey puts together four or five good practices and steps back in it. But, you know, if you were to look at it this way, really what the coach is trying to assess is the payoff in this game of having a freshman starting quarterback and all the the stuff that comes with that versus a guy that has whether it's significant number of reps or it's just 4 years older and has a little better grasp on what college football players defensive college football players look like in game situations that that's when i say it's one of the the two guys with experience versus yeah, okay. Eason.
2: i guess so i guess so but to me if that you're going to do that you know i don't understand Like, let's not forget, you know, as much as, obviously, I have many issues with Grayson Lambert over the last years. The guy won a lot of games and is that steadying guy. If you had decided that's what you wanted, why would you possibly pick Ramsey over him? Like, to me, it's either the guy, it's either the hot freshman. Or it's the guy that's won nine, ten games last year. I agree. and But uh, but listen, I understand this a little better than Coach Smart because I <laughs> have been at all of this. I haven't been in single practice and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So that's worth keeping in mind. Well, uh, I
0: mean, you have a Twitter account and a podcast. So. Exactly. So listen up,
2: Curbs. Well, how many? Uh, you, know, you have
1: more than one podcast. You
0: have well, he has one Georgia, his one, Georgia yes, podcast, one Georgia podcast. He has many, many podcasts.
2: Uh, th- 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 this will also be a. Well, he, uh, I mean,
0: and then Woody Allen needs to look out too.
2: Yes, I'm going to do a quick plug for my Friday podcast, also in addition. Will be on my personal podcast. I'll be interviewing Matt Brown. Oh, cool. The college football writer for Sports on Earth, the site that I write for. We're going to do a big comprehensive uh, preview. Fascinatingly, he did his playoff picks and had two teams from the ACC. Oh, yeah. Let I'm me guess. That was fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> Virginia? <laughs> oh, was it wasn't Louisville and something? Okay. No. Um, um. So uh, anyway, okay, so let's actually get down and start to talk about the defense. We'll actually dig into the defense now. During now, the season, now that we've baby. deconstructed now the Now that we've done offense. Now that we've we'll, we'll, deconstructed well, the quarterback, then we'll, then we'll maybe be a little exhausted by the time we actually get there. To me, looking looking at the defense, the major question, I think as we all agree, is the defensive line and, and, and the pass rush. Not so much that like there isn't talent there. There's obviously talent there. But there are more question marks there particularly uh, than in the secondary. How's that standing? What are you guys looking for? Is there someone that you're expecting to step up uh, and what even is the scheme? Uh, is there a different scheme that Mel is going to have? Uh, what's the plan up
0: there? I mean, I think we're going to see more pressure than we saw under Pruitt. I, I don't think we have to because I think our, our linebacker core – I mean, I, I kind of look at this – a lot of people want to put the front seven the back four. Um, I look at it this way. It's like you have a front seven and a back Kind of a back eight, right? So, oh, we should dominate we're fifteen people. Well, yeah, if you do math that way, and uh, and some people do, you know. but uh, <laughs> being a lawyer, I'm able, to, math. I'm able to make it work now. to be eleven. It's uh, not
2: between three guys; it's between one and two other guys. That's, that's right. <laughs> that's seven twice seven guys you've up done it. Yeah. and there are eight guys back. So the the they can win 12, <laughs> twelve games, but only if they don't lose nine.
0: Tweet that out. Tweet that <laughs> out. Yeah, I think that's that's probably right. You know, I do
2: actually understand what you're saying. I'm so really
0: so sorry. I look at it like this, is that we have a sophomore um, and then Trent Thompson and then a sophomore across the front. That's what I think we'll do. I think it's going to be um, Barnett, Thompson, and Ledbetter across the front. Although Ledbetter, we're still not – are we doing, doing what his status is going to be for North Carolina? Has he officially gotten a suspension or
1: no, – I don't know if we know yet. Yeah. I did, if we did. I did read that Rochester is not going to be serving a suspension. Right.
0: Right. I just. I apologize. We'll. Uh, we'll put our research team on in By the time of the, the podcast is over, maybe Scott can. Yeah. You would think that's something we'd know, but either yeah. way, pop it in the middle and say, Yeah. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Breaking. But but then when you throw in, um, Davin Bellamy, who I think is has potential to be all all American, not just all SEC. Um, Reggie Carter, Patrick, and Lorenzo Carter behind them. Especially what Carter and Bellamy bring if they get a, when they play up on the line, um, it, I think it changes the tenor of what the middle of the line has to do. I mean, um, if you go back and look at what Alabama's defenses look like under Kirby Smart um it was anchored by strong line play but a lot of times those guys unless you had like a mount cody type player they were just taking up space i mean which is also what bill belichick does if you think Mm -hmm. about it and save his direct descent of of bill belichick's defensive systems and trent thompson certainly fits that bill you know i I don't think there's any doubt that he and michael barnett can, can take up a lot of space so that then that basically frees up your linebackers whether that be the middle linebackers outside linebackers to do what they need to do um so we, when we, you talk about that way, I don't think th- – although the front is, is young, I don't think necessarily we're in a situation where uh, we need to be on full-on panic mode in, in what they bring to the table. Then you start backing up. I We potentially could have a top five secondary in the nation. I mean, there's a ton of talent back there, and there are a ton of guys that have gotten a lot of significant playing time. And then when you again when you throw in R- Roquan Smith and his pass covering abilities, um, playing in the middle and you know, if we if we go to the star package or or whatever it's called, I assume it's still called the star under or under Mel Tucker's defense, I mean you could be looking at a defensive backfield that has Malcolm Parrish, Nicole Hardman, Rico McGraw, Quincy Margaret, Dominic Sanders. I'm sorry, Maje. Maje my He's, apologies. Yeah. Uh, and then also Roquan Smith, who is maybe even be better at pass coverage than he is at run at run play. That's pretty impressive. And if you're a, a tight end and you're having to, you know, basically play against Roquan Smith, who is nearly your size and is probably a step faster than you. That's a mismatch, right. right? That basically allows us to drop into quarters coverage. You have a, a true floating free safety who can basically eyeball the quarterback and pick off passes wherever they're thrown in the field, or it to just make the quarterback's life miserable because you can blitz him from you can blitz him for five yards deep because all the linemen are covered.
2: I, I still feel like the question comes down to. You've got potential top-end talent. Are they going to get pass rush? You know, I mean, that's listen. That's what the Alabama th- teams are all built on—is all <clears> right <throat> up the middle. Uh, and you know, as, as now we've all accepted that we want to be Alabama. How many years until we get that Alabama push? On uh, can mid-down? can
0: we stop? Can we stop talking about being Alabama as a pejorative? <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I didn't say pejorative. No, no, if no. If you no. heard I, it
2: as a pejorative, when
0: I say when I say we, I don't mean like you or this hmm. podcast. I mean. We mean the corporate we, the world, because I hear it all the time, mm-hmm. and I, I'm not saying that Georgia is trying to be Alabama. We they cer- are trying to be Alabama. We certainly are trying to take some of the things that Alabama's done, mm-hmm. and I don't think there's anything wrong with emulating emulating the things that Alabama's done okay. to be successful. So, well, and I, I guess I'm also I'm, I'm talking a little bit about, about you know some uh, other national media, for example, and and I, look, I get I get a lot of Nick Saban's. Proteges haven't necessarily done well, right? But if you think Nick say, if you think Bill Muschamp and Kirby Smart are the same coach because they both coached under Nick Saban, I I think that's. I'm not saying you will. I I mean, I'm saying you. I definitely don't see that.
2: Say that, but I. I agree that it's not a pejorative. But I also think that there is this. You know, I mean, listen. We've talked about this already with the podcast this year. I mean, everything is all. You know, I mean we can hate on Alabama all we want, but I mean that's clearly what Georgia is trying to pattern their whole program about. Of course, that's the whole thing, and yeah. so, um, so it, and anyway, the point of that is that it, so much of their success is based on the offensive line, the defensive line. Yeah, like that oh, is yeah. like No, I don't disagree with, it. disagree with you. I don't disagree with you. I'm not sure defensive line wise, Georgia's there
1: yet. We aren't there. However, Tony just made the point about how Georgia might have a top five defensive backfield. And that's going to be pretty important with some of the passers that they're going to face, like Dobbs and Kelly this year early in the season. And you would think a guy like Dominic Sanders, Rico McGraw, guys that have seen it, and even Malcolm Parrish, who stepped up towards the end of last year and basically won the Auburn game along with Dominic Sanders uh, last year for Georgia because that was such a defensive battle. So yeah, the the front seven is going to be young they might yeah, surprise us they, they absolutely could they're obviously talented. I think Mel Tucker and the defensive coaching staff is going to sleep a little bit better knowing that they are going to be so strong in the secondary I
2: mean certainly that is a nice thing to have while you're figuring out your defensive line particularly the only real issue that though is that your first game is not against a passing team and like I mean he'll, they'll pass a little but I mean you know they, they you know I mean that's the team that's going to want, want to run the ball too North Carolina that's probably not fair. North Carolina's more of a passing team than I'm giving them credit for.
0: Well they their their offense last year was built around a mobile quarterback and their quarterback's decidedly not mobile. So it'll be interesting but to see. But he looked
2: okay in the times that he played. Well, yeah,
0: them, so. yeah, he, did, he did. But it'll be interesting to see we'll how they how week. they Yeah, it'll be interesting though to see how yeah. they do that because I think that I mean, when you have a new coach, um every program that you play next is gonna build off what they see. Uh we know we're not gonna see much out of Nichols State. So uh you know, when we go out to, to Mississippi they're going to be looking and see what happens in the North Carolina game and what they can exploit and what they can do. Yeah, And that's the
2: game. That's the game where your secondary is going to come in handy.
0: Completely. <laughs> Utterly completely.
2: Um, all right, so is there anything else you guys want to uh, get on on the defense? Is there anyone you're seeing as a potential uh, uh, jump-out guy? You know, that I think that is – we always talk about this coming out with timing. And I, you can see the way that – that, that, Kirby Smart's going to build this team that I can see in three years the defensive line being the absolute strength of the entire team. And us being like, oh, if we only could have the secondary that we had yeah, to yeah, It'll always be something. Yeah, because well, I, I, mean, I can see it being opposite, uh, just the way he builds.
0: I don't know, man. we got so many freshmen. I mean, is probably going to play up in linebacker most of the, the time. But, you know, miko Hardeman and um, Juwan Briscoe, who's just a, a sophomore. Um, DeAndre Walker... Um, Jalil Lagoons from who is from Oconee County. I mean, we, we got some guys back there, and I, I wouldn't surprise me Lagoon at all. Lagoons red shirts, for example. Um, you know, the talent level in the defensive backfield. You know, two years ago we were freaked out by it because we were starting uh, walk on yeah. at quarter cornerback. Or, you know, and last year we were starting to walk on who was now a scholarship player. And now he's a three year starter mm-hmm. quarterback who's beat off all these other guys to to maintain his spot in Aaron Davis. And that's, you know, that's pretty pretty impressive when you pick up that kind of guy. He, uh, gets, that kind the, of
1: he gets the Trey Battle Award.
0: Right. That's exactly right. <laughs> kind of just I mean, like that. Yeah. Well, he, you know, he came out of high school with a pretty severe injury. No one really, rec- people stopped recruiting him because of that injury. And uh, he matured into the player that, I think he thought he probably would have had he not gotten hurt. Um, all right. Well, so that's the defense.
2: I also realized I said I was going to start with the special teams and I didn't. So let's go to the special teams. Now. I'll have
1: to clean all of this up Vince, in the intro. Sorry, okay. Thanks to y'all's uh helter skelter. Did we find out
0: about Ledbetter by the way? Okay. I'm gonna get the research department on that.
1: Yeah. Let's get the research department. Uh,
2: okay. So obviously we know that Ray Guy award winner Bryce Ramsey is all also the point position and, I mean, it still strikes me as completely bizarre that he wasn't punting all year. He's really good. He's a really good punter. But what is the situation? You know, what is the situation The kicker? Uh, Marshall Morgan, I am uh, you've seen. He was cut by the Buffalo Bills. He will not be the kicker for the Buffalo Bills this year. You know, kickers at this point in the NFL have become, you know, they're, they're like hockey coaches. Like, just as soon as they have one bad stretch and you're fired and just... Go grab somebody and see if they get hot for a while, but uh, generally speaking, um, so Morgan could be that, but he's gone, and I think there were many there were sometimes complaints about Morgan, sure, um, but um, but uh, I think there was a consistency there that there's no consistency, but the guy could kick, and until you see someone you know that you can rely on them, you don't know if you necessarily have that.
0: Well, you know the interesting thing is Rodrigo Blankenship and uh, and William Ham are kind of been in a little bit of a competition for the. For the place-kicking duties, and we'll get to offense in a minute, I post on the Georgia Sports blog that it wouldn't surprise me in the least to see us go for it a lot inside the 35, especially if we're fourth and less than five. If we have the running game we think we have, if Nick Chubb is back, why even worry with it? I mean, honestly, why? Why give up the ball at the 35-yard line where, you know, you know those damn statistics mm-hmm. show that if you go for it, there it's a net positive and uh, a point per possession. And this is happening nice. in the NFL, the Pittsburgh Steelers are doing, yeah. This all why wouldn't you? They
1: like they hate kicking the ball, sir. Are you kind of insinuating that we might be headed for like a 2015 Florida Gator kicking scenario this year?
0: Um, I, I'm hinting that as a strategic matter. It wouldn't surprise me in the least to see us go for it on fourth down a lot more, especially in what we would have considered <laughs> through the past fifteen years of automatic let's go for the field goal situations. Yeah. We get we get the twenty three yard line and it's fourth and three. I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever we go for it. Yeah. Now, I, I could be wrong. I could be reading the T utterly, completely wrong. I could have for that matter, I could have Kirby Smart figured out all wrong. But I just think that's what we're gonna do.
2: Analytically, there's a lot of arguments. Right. Exactly that you do that.
0: Saying. I mean, there are there are programs in, in these Colorado School of where He's at uh the guy was at Colorado, Bob Stitt. Oh, where yeah, is he yeah, now? Yeah, 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 Wyoming yeah, maybe. About, yeah. He didn't he doesn't punt. They yeah. don't punt. Period. They go for it on fourth and long from inside their own fifteen. I mean, they just don't punt. Yeah. It
2: is worth noting, though, that our that it tells you a lot about the state of uh, the kicking situation in Georgia. That our answer is like, so what are they going to do the kicker? Who's going to have it? And Like, well, we're going to go for it more.
0: Uh, we're going to go for it. More I mean, often. I think it's going to be Blankenship in the yeah. end. He's going to do. He's He's going to kick off. I mean, the guy. I mean Blankenship has a ma- massive lag. I mean, he's gonna we need to look for more kickoffs in the end zone, which is awesome. But he is Mr. He is Mr. Spray the Ball everywhere when he plays kicks. And we're having some trouble with Holder. And we're with Holding and Snapping too.
1: And those are the little things you just assume are just gonna be there. Yeah, right. they're gonna be just automatic and they're not. I mean it's well, it's they're quite also a process.
2: Yeah, and they're also the sort of thing that you'll see with the first year coach. Not to say that Kirby Smart does not know what he's doing, but just that like there's a lot of things you got to yeah. put into place. And you know, one if there's been one motif, we talked about this a little bit last week of all the practices, it's been this annoying rain that comes at four o'clock every single right. day. Yeah, keeps and it messing does messing up.
1: Yeah, or during yeah. a podcast. Yeah. yeah. And yes. like
2: next year it won't be a problem a because all that construction yeah. that's happening will be uh, – it will be done and they'll be able to go inside. But for now, it, you know, I mean we can joke. It seems almost silly to say, well, the rain – if they have trouble early, it's because of the rain that caused all those practices that they were trying to practice and couldn't finish. And I I, I don't think it's so much that. But certainly um, there's, they would have been working on something in that time. And this is exactly that holding stuff, just basic, straightforward – Special team stuff like that—that's the type of thing that you tend to do at the end of practice, and uh, the sort of thing that uh, that can get lost a little bit when you're when you've had that sort of issue. So, it's a, as a first year coach, I would not surprise me even if we see so many things that, like, wow, that's that's running tip top in a way that Rick never had that going. Special teams strikes me as something that could be a headache for us early on, just because
1: it's a first year. Well, coach. And it was mentioned today that punter Marshall Long Kirby indicated that he might have the leg up. <laughs> and, I mean uh, that was just awful. Yeah, I, I right mean,
0: I, it wouldn't surprise me though to still see Bryce Ramsey take some punts. So um, yeah, but you know, break, going from going from uh, special teams to boop, 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 breaking news from July. Um, yeah, Ledbetter is going to be suspended. <laughs> so <laughs> sorry about that, guys. You think it seems like something you would know, but uh, it's honestly something I hadn't even thought about until I looked at his name just now. It's like, oh crap, he's been in trouble. So um, maybe- is he the
1: only one missing the game?
0: Um, I, that's a good question. We um, looked that up. If we didn't have the lead better answer, we ain't gonna have that answer. Well, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, no I'll But play I, did, your game. I did read
1: that Rochester is going to be. Playing. Yeah,
0: Rochester's definitely back. Um, so let's see. Hold on.
2: While you're thinking about, while you're looking that up, uh, I'll do one more plug. Uh, everyone's everyone's friend in your friend in yours, Terrence Moore, old Atlanta uh, Journal Constitution columnist. Says some some people like him, some people don't. But he wrote a piece on Devin Gales for Sports on Earth this week. Where he had to actually sit Could there.
0: you just stop? I mean, I'm not going to say anything about Devin Gales. But it's a good
2: interview. It's a it's a worthwhile, worthwhile piece to read. I understand what you're saying about Terrence Moore, and I, I it is a not uh, uncommon thing that I come across. But I was we talking about Marshall Morgan, talking about the kind of issue. I thought it would be the type of story that would that I thought people on the Georgia podcast would want to listen to. So Devin Gales, good interview with Devin Gales um, from Terrence Moore yeah, on and, my and, side sports. And if
0: you don't know, um, Devin Gales' family's house was flooded in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. and UGA literally went down there and got his family and brought him up here. So, yeah, you know.
2: I, it's, it's funny. I saw an interview with them a while back where they just talked about how they just feel so fortunate that, like, obviously it's awful that it happened, but it happened in a game against Georgia. Right. <laughs> and, like, with, with the medical staff that they had here and and, uh, and the athletic department of the university, I think it's clearly stepped up for them. So,
1: <clears throat> is, this, right. is this part of the podcast I'm going to have to cut to make it sounds like we're not thinking... We're having a pause while Tony is Tony doing his research.
2: Hey, um, listen, we're the jerks here. We have phones just like he does. We we're just, just don't. We just don't. At,
0: at this point, we and don't. His, know.
1: Phone, his phone is like circa 1909 or it's, something. Uh,
0: my phone is uh, a 2015 HTC 1. So. It's not an iPhone, so... It's not an iPhone, so Scott's going to judge it. We Yeah, Scott's going to judge it because it's not an iPhone. I judged so. it
1: last year, and I'm continuing to judge it. You should be up for a, you know, Yeah, actually, update. in September,
0: I'll get an update. That's update awesome. Phone.
1: Yeah. Maybe you can get that Note 7. That I'm thing not getting sweet. a Note
0: 7 because mm-hmm. I don't wear cargo pants, and I don't have anywhere to put it. <laughs> I have just normal pants on my khakis. <laughs> <laughs> Khaki Nation, man. Mike Harbaugh. Mike t- Harbaugh. T- no one ever doubt that Tony Waller does not wear you or normal pants. I wear plain old regular pants. Plain old regular Extra pants. Extra medium. Um,
2: um, speaking of uh, regular pants, uh, we'll talk about the offense. Uh, that's as close as we've gotten to a uniform conversation, by the way. All
1: oh, I'm, I'm, well, I'll, it's coming. I, I it wanna, is coming. I want to find out if we are going to get the silver britches back. Which we probably won't, because it's like they, they claim they're silver or whatever, but they're not. Yeah, well, bridges mm. is the best word. I love the word bridges. You know, I love. Is cities. that is that kind of a southern thing? It's a midwestern thing too. It's, the, it's yeah, yeah let say. Y'all say it. Y'all say it over there, yeah. wherever y'all are. Yeah,
2: uh, you don't hear it much in New York, but you do hear it in the Midwest. You, know, I wouldn't you do think so. Stuff. Yeah. Um. All right. So the offense. Uh. uh offensive consultant. Jim Cheney, as he is
0: amusingly called on the uh, Solid Verbal Podcast, joke yeah, Force. I have a bone to pick with that. Okay, I mean he play. I mean he has been at, he's been at three places in in like three years, in six years, okay, or five years, five years, right? That's fine. Like it's like, right, but he spent like seven years in a row, which is a long time for an assistant football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you know, I get it. It's 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 the cheap last part of there. He
2: was he spent eight. I'll put it this way. He spent eight years at Purdue. So that would make me want to move that, around a little bit. That, makes, I that, that would make me also,
0: yeah, that would make me very scared of it. Meant.
2: Yes. Oh, a little side moment, by the way. I know that your wife is from Indiana. I, uh, on, uh, I saw Breaking Away the other day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, cool. Set in Bloomington, Indiana. We all talked about that on my and Leach podcast. Maybe made me very wistful to the Midwest. and Yeah. Envious
0: that a, you are able to. It is a very, very, very moment.
1: And since we're in our Breaking Away sec- segment of this podcast, mm-hmm. I did read that uh, your old friend, Tim Beckman, mm-hmm. is yes. now a consultant with North, North Carolina. Carolina,
2: North Carolina. And so, absolutely. what's
1: that going to be like? Week two? Is he going to travel with the team? He's not an on-field coach, but right, is he right. going to travel up to Champaign?
2: I would have to think not. Right. That might be a not. good decision. I would, not I mean, to there's have to like go. ongoing like lawsuits uh, going involved in that. So yeah, that's that is an excellent uh, uh, point to bring up, though, is that he will be. Uh, that that is not to say that Tim Beckman hurt his reputation as Illinois coach. But a guy was a head coach at a Big Ten program, and two a year and a half after being fired, is an, I don't even think, paid consultant who can't go on the field for North Carolina. It's, and uh, meanwhile,
0: they're putting up statues of George O'Leary and Orlando. So
1: I saw that Gary Patterson has a statue at TCU.
0: Yeah, but... <laughs> Gary Patterson didn't lie on his resume and like contribute to the death of one of his players.
1: Well, yeah, no, you're right, but I'm saying he's still a current coach and hasn't really won yeah. anything.
0: I, I'm actually fond of uh, of
2: some of like some of some of the weird statue decisions that colleges will make. That like Oklahoma has a Chad Bradford statue. Like that just seems kind of weird that Chad Bradford would have a statue. I mean, he's like 27. <laughs> like it feels weird to have a statue of twenty seven. 27.
1: When oh, you brought up last year how we don't how the fact that we don't have a Dominique statue here is bothers me, much, right. bothers me very much.
2: me very much. But um, you're not the only one, brother. So, uh, but we're not talking about offense. Basketball. offense. We're talking about uh, sorry, offensive coordinator Jim Chaney. Uh, what <laughs> one of the things you brought up when we discussed this earlier is the idea that this is not to me. This is actually a a big thing in his favor. There's not like. He doesn't come in being like, okay, this is my system. Learn my system. I don't really care about what, what the personnel is. You guys are going to learn my system. I think part of being an offensive consultant is that kind of idea that he is, and I think one of the reasons he was hired is he is a smart enough guy that he will go where the talent leads him, and I think we've seen that so far.
0: Yeah, I'm a big fan of his coaching philosophy. I mean, it's not hard to say that uh... – that last year's offensive coordinator really, really, really stuck with what he felt like was the way offenses Ooh. should run. Um, pieces and parts be damned. Um, and I don't think we'll see that with Jim Cheney. I mean, I think if we get... Honestly, if we end up in a situation where um, it, it's possible we do, that we start one quarterback that has a certain skill set <laughs> and then we have a quarterback later in the season that plays with a different skill set, our offense looks completely different. Or if we... You know, God forbid, Terry
1: Godwin. Well, or, I mean,
0: right. But if we, God forbid, we end up in a situation where we lose the centerpiece of the offense. Um, he's he's been through that. I mean, he did that at Pittsburgh. And you know, the idea of last year at Pittsburgh was James Conner, who came down with cancer, uh, in in July. On um, he basically retooled that offense on the fly and made Nathan Peterman a serviceable a serviceable ACC quarterback. So you know, I'm not. I'm not saying that Jim Chaney's the, the salve to fix all, uh, all all wounds from the Brian Schottenheimer era, but I think it's going to be a very interesting um, contrast in, in coaching philosophies for the players.
2: Yeah, and also, you know, one of the things about moving around like that and being in the game like, uh, in that position so far, so long, he's a pro. Like Schottenheimer, I think for a lot of people was considered, you know he was, they wonder why he was here like after a very after a very poor run with the rams to come here like was he angling for some sort of job he seemed very he seemed a bad combination particularly with rick cuz they both kind of tended to dig in their heels a little bit and i do kind of like that notion of in a best case scenario he's a non-jackass kiffin <laughs> like in that, in that you know, I mean, Kiffin's a really good offensive coordinator, and he's inventive, and he'll try new things, and he's not like wedded to one specific thing. I and,
0: love his show on Comedy Central.
2: Yeah, well, it's <laughs> it's <harsh point. laughs> And like, I, I listen. I know that, that it sounds like a bad thing to compare the guy to Kiffin, but Kiffin is a really good offensive coordinator, and
0: and developer quarterbacks.
2: Yes, and so to me, like, like that's that's your upside. I mean, again, bring up the Alabama comparison again. That's what you want. You want a guy who who is. Smart about what he's doing, uh, professional, which is something that really again, the argument would be against Kiffin and that idea. But also, you know, will will ebb and flow with what he needs. To, needs to have for a team that has this much uncertainty. I'm, gl- uh, uh, but still a ton of talent. I feel like he's kind of the per- the the perfect offensive coordinator in that situation.
0: I mean, you know, I think his. Uh, I, I think the other part about it is having Sam Pittman on the offensive line, and we'll get the offensive line in, in a few minutes. But, um. I really like what the two of them bring together as a team. I mean, it's clear Bert was not happy about Sam Pittman leaving Arkansas. Mm -hmm. It's very clear, and that is something that makes me kind of happy on a lot of levels. But you know, know, probably most importantly, you're tweaking Bert a little little bit. Um, But if we have improved line play and we get anything out of anything out of our offense outside of the running game, if Nick Chubb is all the way back, I'm. I'm trending okay with our offense because we looked actually really good last year before Nick Chubb got yeah. hurt. Right? I mean, you know, he, but let's put aside the, the Grayson Lambert 24 25 game, which was the ultimate the ultimate game manager ball control yeah. um, game, right? I mean, I don't think he threw but one pass over 15 yards. Every pass was a. I mean, it's essentially like we ran the ball 64 times. Which is Man. fine with me, Man. which is utterly fine with me.
1: I think one of the benefits to this offense is uh, Brandon Cablano, yeah. you know, returning center, kind of going to have take over that whole uh, David Andrews position, kind of leadership role. Mm-hmm. The same thing as like uh, Ben Jones did. kind of goes back, if you really think about it, Georgia's had a, whenever we've had one of our stellar seasons, we've had experienced center play. Right. And so I think that that is going to be a, a key for him stabilizing whatever the hecticness, if that's a word, mm-hmm. is over the, the quarterback situation.
0: Well, we've danced around this, and we talked about earlier in the podcast, but it's probably time to just decide what the hell we're going to do about quarterback. Yeah. And not decide, decide. Are we deciding it? I don't see why we shouldn't. Everyone else is.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> Weird, except for except for the offensive coordinator and yeah, the head it'd coach, it'd be weird for us to be like, "Well, we have this Georgia
2: football podcast, but we should back
0: off. We should not. Board of you know, we're going to moderate here. We're actually we're just going to say, you know, whatever the coaches decide." I to me, listen. I'll, if I were
2: able to, if I could forget that, I that how, just Grayson Lambert Abercr- Abercrombie man, mo, yeah. a model probably Grayson right. Lambert. Yeah, Grayson Grayson Lambert's obvious deficiencies that by the end of the last year. Uh, which, again, wore masked a little bit because he had Nick Chubb, which he would have this year. The nightmare scenario is you're like, okay, it's Jacob Beeson. He's got the biggest big arm. He can get us to where he needs to go. He's going to be starting eventually. Let's get him in there right now. The nightmare scenario is that he makes a big mistake in a tight game that you're winning – and in a position to be able to put away where you would want someone like Lambert who, worst case scenario, he throws the ball three feet in front of the receiver rather than two feet over his head and intercepted by the cornerback. So I understand, particularly with the difficulty of the early schedule, I think if, the, if this were the other way around and the easy games were early and the tougher games were middle, I think there's no question you put an easy. I think that's the argument. The uh, I think by... Uh, after the Tennessee game, I think Easton. That's at the at the absolute latest he'll be starting. Like I see, I see no reason unless they win, unless they go five and zero and blow through all that with Lambert. I see no reason why Eason uh, wouldn't start at that point. But I have to say, if I if you were to ask me to predict what they're going to do, I would bet that Lambert starts. That's actually my prediction, just because those first games are so tough and they're against teams. That are vulnerable against the run, particularly North Carolina. uh, I think there's no reason when you've got Chubb healthy, close to 100%, to throw a wild card in a situation, for talking game one, uh, a wild card in that situation when you can just give the ball to Chubb 35 times and he should be able to win the game. If
0: we can
1: give the ball to Chubb 35 times,
0: that seems like a lot. So let me ask you a question. Let's play a little. Thought okay. There. So then you throw it deep with Eason twenty five times. Well, yeah, but but there's
1: no there's no guarantee. I mean, think about UNC's opener last year against South Carolina. Marquise Williams, I mean, basically an experienced what senior quarterback Tony didn't he throw the throw the ball
0: like uh, three he threw, picks. He threw, in the end zone? he threw more touchdown passes to Just, South Carolina. Yeah. Uh, uh, Listen, guys, but
2: I yeah, but we have watched Lambert all season. Like, I don't really think he's a very good quarterback, but he's not interception heavily prone like he is very
0: yeah careful he only threw two last year
2: and if you want in that first like how do you want to beat north carolina we'll talk more about this next week and but hopefully by By, then by at
0: least one yeah it's (laughs) fine at
2: least um and hopefully by then we'll actually have a quarterback when we're four days before the game but how do you want to beat them to me you beat that's the team you don't need to outscore i mean you can outscore north carolina but you the way you're doing that's on the ground it's not going to be. You're not going to be North Carolina, even if you have Aaron Murray in his prime. You're not, or Matthew Stafford in his prime. You're not beating them by throwing the ball 45 times. Well, so the argument there is, if that's a, if that if you're going to win that game by running the ball and not making mistakes, that would seem to be an argument for Lambert, as much as it kills me to say.
0: Well, let's let's play a little thought exercise. Let's say Georgia goes three and one to start the season. Beats North Carolina. Lam- Lambert starts like you think. Beat North Carolina, um, and Lambert looks like Lambert looks like Lambert looks. You know, let's call it twenty-one of thirty. <coughs> but Chubb gets two hundred yards, and basically we control the game from the start. We beat Nickel State. We beat Mizzou again. Lambert looks serviceable. Mm-hmm. You know, no one's like no one's making him player the of the week, but he doesn't he doesn't do anything terrible, but doesn't do anything spectacular either. Uh, and then we lose to Ole miss on the road where Chad Kelly just goes off mm-hmm. and you know we get in a shootout and the defense can't stop Chad Kelly we lose a 38-34 game. where Lambert actually plays pretty good. I mean, what do you do then for Tennessee? <laughs>
2: well, it's funny. I was thinking about this the different scenarios that you have. Okay. I think the obviously North Carolina game is a pivot game. Yeah, I I think
0: that's like if that's where st- I
2: was going. If you yeah, like right, if you start Lambert in that game and lose Yeah, Eason's starting. You put Eason in because
0: at that point you're like, okay, if we go eight and five, we go eight and five. Right,
2: right, right. And but if you win that game, to me the next spot is okay. Is it after Mississippi as you as you put? Like if you win that game and maybe Mississippi because Mississippi to me that's a game where you actually want a guy that can air it out a little bit because Mississippi's gonna be air out. And
0: well, there there's actually an argument for keeping the ball out of Mississippi's hands there. Right. Yeah. The more you throw the ball deep, the more likely you are to shorten short um, yeah, but in it, the game for the for your defense. Yeah. Uh, is it, is it flexible
2: enough that they fall behind against the team? Like that's another thing. Yeah, like, if we fall what if they by what if they're, they're down ten points at halftime against North Carolina?
0: Against North Carolina, Jackie Beeson comes yeah, in. I think. I
2: don't think bad. there's any doubt. I mean, he may be starting anyway. We don't
1: actually know. if right. Lambert's starting this I mean,
0: game. you agree with that, right, Scott? If we're down ten points at halftime Jackie Beeson plays the second half. I don't.
1: I, I don't agree with that. You don't? you don't. No. No. I don't think. But that Lambert ain't bringing you back. Sure he could. He 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 almost brought us back brought us back at the end against Tennessee. I mean he was service, serviceable at the end of the season. Um no, I don't think I think that would be the worst idea in the world is to put Give green true freshman yeah.
2: seventeen. Seventeen. Like if you're now, down big, now, now it, if he throws two interceptions and one for a touchdown.
1: Well if you're down ten you if you're down ten yeah. halftime to to UNC, no panic mode you come out and you continue with uh, Lambert and then you throw a little bit of Godwin in there and
0: actually will brings up a good point depends on what the ten if it's 10 nothing and your offense has done nothing oh yeah yeah 100% if easy it's a, comes if it's 34 24 if it's, right? if it's tw- well if it's 24 if it's twenty-four, fourteen, 14 and North Carolina's been given a short field on a crazy yeah. tipped interception right. uh then it's really just a three-point game right yeah. I mean, you, you can't you can't right. think of that it, way. Now, now
1: you're right. If it is ten nothing and we've done nothing, then I can see where you yeah. would might might would bring in Eason. Here's a
0: general
2: question: What under what scenario is Grayson Lambert start starting against Florida, other than oh, Jacob Eason getting? He
1: didn't last year. Yes, <laughs> sure, yeah. I don't
2: remember that. What happened with that game last year? <laughs> poor. Uh, yes, poor exactly. Allow uh,
0: exactly for uh, Balda. Um, I so
2: mean, I get like. To me, the only scenario I see that happening is if he starts
0: North Carolina and they're undefeated. Right, eight eight and no. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I mean, I don't think there's, uh, I, I yeah. I think I don't know, man. I don't know. I
1: think I think seven and one, eight eight and is talking crazy. There's no, I mean, if we're eight and o by Florida, I'll go sit on a billboard or something, right? Oh, that's, that's <laughs> radio, radio DJ in the radio DJ thing. I mean, there's just no oh, way. They I'm usually own no. the bill. I can't go so. to Jacksonville. we mm-hmm, eight
0: and yeah. no. Oh my god. Yeah um so you know but to get back to what i think your original point was is that you know if the the danger and start the danger as a quarterback as a coach and i have to think they're thinking of it this way is that if you start lambert and he looks just okay you have to have a plan and you have to stick by that plan you have to be very direct about what that plan is with your players under what circumstances you're going to bring each Eason in and when he starts because yeah. you can't you can't tell Eason he's going to start if these things happen right because if you tell him those things and then you don't do it you just a liar to your your stuff yeah. you quarterback you hope to start three years for you which is why I find it a little disturbing
2: that there's no separation at
0: all right right (laughs) so there seems to be
2: no plan in place yet but he doesn't he doesn't have to tell you if there's separation i mean no he doesn't have to He doesn't have to but like players are human like unless he's going into unless he's going into practice saying hey guys it's eason but don't tell anybody which i mean that's if he's got that kind of message discipline already that's really impressive but right now the players don't know who the quarterback is either
0: which which leads me to to this I know I've said for nine months or however long it's going to be, it's going to be Bryce Ramsey, but I'm starting to think it's going to be Jacob Eason. I, I, I know Will, you have made a very strong case, as have others, that this you have to win big and do so immediately, and I don't know that you can't do that with Eason, but I think you don't. I think the harm in not starting Eason is that no matter what happens, unless you go undefeated, everyone's always going to have the question in the back of their mind: Well, what if you had started Eason? And not just that, if they're truly even, what's the harm in starting Easton in a season where if you're ever going to have a, a honeymoon, it's season one, right? And, and, and I'm not sure there is going to be a honeymoon.
2: Well, but. and, and
0: uh, you know, we we've had that. I think we've had that mm-hmm. discussion. But I think I think the part about it to me that makes me wonder makes uh, the only thing that makes me think that you don't start Easton is he is if he is truly not ready, and you're going to just ruin a guy that could be your three year starter. Yeah. That's the only way. I mean, you look at look at Josh Rosen for UCLA last year. They went eight and five. He started out. I mean, just a barn burner. Just great. And then he went up against a, a a fairly good Arizona team and lost. He went up against a uh, utterly bad, or not bad, but worse than middle-of-the-road Arizona State team and lost. Then he got it back together, and then he went and played Southern Cal. And he lost again. And then against, against Nebraska, they lost because he just – he didn't keep his crap together, so you know there there are ups and downs. But I mean, now UCLA is picked as a little bit of a dark horse to be to win the Pac-12 and be in the playoffs. And you know, I I think if you look at these things long term, and I, I would like to think Kirby Smart probably is. Uh, he's probably been told by the people that made that helped the change come about that you know, look, we want long, we want longer term than this season. You start Jacob Beeson.
2: I mean, listen. I hope they do it. I mean, I can't. I can't watch Chris Lambert anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, um, I hope they do it. But I, my my guess. I, so my prediction is Lambert. Your prediction is Easton. I'm assuming. we'll know but this, but the next podcast, I would hope so. What is your? I
1: prediction? don't
0: think there's any chance we know by the next podcast. Really? really? Yeah. I so don't We're gonna think. be three days before the game, and not. It's, it's, to start it's gonna, gonna
1: be like how Urban Meyer was last year, and he's gonna go whisper in somebody's ear. Oh yeah, four. dude! Yeah. I have
0: no doubt whatsoever that there, we're gonna we're gonna have in the game notes uh, an or situation. I think it's and gonna be Lambert. It, it, you it was, think you're picking Lambert,
1: I, 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 hands down. I think it's gonna be Lambert. You think so? Yeah, and absolutely. I and I'm
0: willing to be wrong on this. I just think it, you know, and I can I'm just applying kind of my metrics on. But I I just think it's gonna be easy.
1: what the eight and seven players on defense, the 15 players on defense.
0: Your metrics. Tell me that wouldn't kill. That would
2: <laughs> <awesome>. <laughs> that would be awesome. Why don't we just start them both? <laughs>
0: All right, so here's what I was thinking. That's truly really the situation. If you have two <laughs> quarterbacks, you have none.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Um, we have some other positions, though. Should we talk about wide receiver?
1: I don't want to talk about wide receiver. We should touch on wide receiver,
2: and we should ta- touch on uh, the offensive old, line. Maybe, maybe Jeb. just a little bit. We talked about the offensive line a little bit, did we? Yeah, yeah we talked about, um, the, we center talked about the
1: center, yeah. or I talked about the center.
2: And, uh, yeah, uh, we haven't talked about my my. Uh, I love the fact that Georgia has a transfer from Rhode Island,
0: who is likely to start left tackle. I love it. Tyler Catalina, the Catalina boat show. <laughs> yes,
2: he is
0: a... by the way, Scott didn't actually beep that out. I just yeah. stopped it the, the, the football really. factory that is Rhode Island. Rhode Island, the Mighty Rams. Um, you know, Greg Pike is a Piesman candidate this year mm-hmm. uh, for the SB Nation Piesman Award. Um, I got to be honest, I kind of like our offensive line, yeah. and and Bill Conley's stats are, are very clear that returning offensive line starts or offensive line, um, you know, returning starts isn't that. This positive in seasons, but it sure makes me feel good to think right. we might have a decent offensive line after the yeah. the the up and down we had last year. Um, and you know, you get Jeb Blazevich and Jackson Harris on the field at the same time. And is Colton Houston oh, still suiting up for us? Colton Houston, the ninth year senior, he <laughs> yes. was my favorite golf recruit. So um, <laughs> the uh, you know, and then yeah, you know, I I'm not as worried about our wide yeah. receiver situation. <laughs> I think we're going to play a lot of. Freshmen, so I think Chigbu and, and Ridley are going to play a bunch, but you know between McKin- McKenzie Godwin and, and and Reggie Davis, I don't think we're going to be fine.
1: Any Jason Stanley mentioned in there?
0: Yeah, Jason Stanley is a, as, a, as a guy that's probably going to step up and get a lot of looks. Um, he has apparently he's been coming on strong. If you read the reports, um, he, the coaches really like what they see out of him. His, um, you know,
1: and uh, Shakiri Wilson switched back to wide receiver.
0: Yep, yep. Uh, he he's back at wide receiver. Um, you know the the thing the thing that I like about Terry Godwin is he's got a 61% catch rate, right? For a wide receiver, that's that's an awful lot. I mean, you, that that basically means if you get targeted 12, uh, 12 to 14 times a game, you're getting six or eight catches, six to 12 catches. It's yeah, six to eight
1: catches. I can't right? believe you can do that math that quickly. Um,
0: so six to eight catches a game is is a lot. I mean, if you're targeted 12 times a game, that's yeah. you know that's a third of all your offensive pass plays or, or thereabout. <coughs>
2: Alright, so I thought we might wrap by going through the schedule and I have a gimmick that we should do.
0: Oh, I love okay. gimmicks. All right. So what I thought we'd do, I, I have a... Scott r- does love gimmicks. I have Dude, a random... Confirm. Helmet gimmicks,
2: confirm. uniform
1: gimmicks, confirm. And you name it.
2: I have a random number generator on my phone here. Okay. And uh, three the three people here. What we're going to do is we're going to pick a random order and we're going to go through the schedule and you're going to pick... Uh, we're going to draft, basically. The uh, teams that Georgia is most likely to lose to. And if if Georgia loses that game, the one upside for you is that the other two podcast people have to give you ten dollars.
0: Oh, we're putting oh, well, money on the line. I yeah, like it. Okay. I like that. I think, since Oconee County Rec Sports won't let us gamble on peewee football,
2: quote unquote, let us. Come on, man. You can do whatever you want. I guess it's hard to keep score if you not if bet you. We'll have, have
1: Will it. put some spreads on our games. Yes. <laughs> um,
2: so, so that's what we're going to do now. Just to remind everyone, here is the schedule. I'm sure you, all, everyone, has it on the wall. My son has his uh, Georgia schedule on his, on the wall. We actually also went to the uh, volleyball. Uh, I, Illinois is a big volleyball school, and Georgia is not so nope. much. But um, uh, we went to the Ramsey Center to watch. They had a little camp for kids, and we got the poster signed by the team. A fan. Uh, so,
0: what? what's that? Sorry, I said something out loud. I said fan. fan. I'm sorry. I'm I, a, a fan. I, I, I,
1: he's got his inner monologue going out. Guys are. Jerk's man, like well, cheer for the volleyball team.
0: I'm a fan.
2: Okay. I said I'm a fan. I thought you were. I thought you were saying it sarcastic No. Um, anyway, the point is, is uh, he has a Georgia poster on the wall next to his Illinois poster of Lovey Smith, who's on there. I have to say, I, I, I made this uh, comment before about how like Kirby Smith's Kirby Smart's uh, photo was everywhere. He is not on the poster this year,
1: whereas Illinois does have Lovey Smith. You know you're going to get that confused. You're going to call him Lovey Smart, Kirby, and Smart. Smart. Kirby Smith
2: <laughs> Kirby Smith, and Lovey Smart. Um, okay, so basically, <clears throat> basically, I'm going to go through the schedule. Just remind everyone, and then we'll pick the random numbers, and then you'll get to pick the game most likely to lose. So we start, of course, on September 3rd against North Carolina in the Georgia Dome, saying goodbye to the Georgia Dome. You guys will both be at that game. I will not be. September 10th, home against Nichols State. September 17th at Missouri. September 24th at Mississippi, um, which Mr. Waller and I will be at, and I will irritate my friend by saying Mississippi rather than Ole Miss over and over and over. October 1st, home against Tennessee, October 8th at South Carolina, October 15th, home against Vanderbilt, October 29th against, Ooh, I can't really be Nobody. Um, November 5th at Kentucky, November 12th, home against Auburn.
0: And I'll be at Kentucky. Yes.
2: Yes. November 19th, home against Louisiana Lafayette, and November 26th, home against the Ramblin' Wreck of Georgia Tech. So, here is your random number. So, the first number I, I give is you. Scott. Okay. The second is me. The third is you, Tony. I'm hitting the random s- sequence generator now. Does it play music? It does not. So the third pick, we snake draft. The third pick goes to you. The second pick goes to me. The first pick goes for Tony.
0: So I get to pick the team. I think George Georgia is most, most likely to, likely to lose.
2: To. And then, uh, and then I will go next. And then you will go. Then you will get two picks, Scott. I like that. And then we'll come back around. Then you will get two. So you start us off. Ten dollars from each of us to whatever t- whatever uh, uh, if you get the right team. So it starts off Tony, who is your first pick? Tennessee. All right, Tennessee, October 1st at San Jose, my first pick is the what I would have my in the second spot I'll take the team I would have taken in the first spot and that is Mississippi. I'm taking Mississippi as September 24th.
1: Well, I'm I get my first pick too because You get two picks. Yeah, always. yeah, we never we never beat Florida. And so my first pick would have automatically been Florida. Okay. Uh, and so now for my next pick I'm gonna pick, and I really don't want to do this because I'm gonna be there next week. But I'm gonna
0: pick North Carolina. Just so I understand, I don't. I don't know. It, what we're are doing, are by we the way. picking? So if Georgia loses to Tennessee and whomever $10 I pick, $10. I get ten dollars from each of
1: us. So you get twenty. Okay, but let's actually say it's only a net.
0: So so it's a net. It's a net loss. right? Yeah. So if we lose, we lose. If we if we lose to Florida and Tennessee, Tennessee and Mississippi, we're all gonna break even. Okay. I right, just to make sure I understood. Yes. All right.
2: All right, so you pick Florida and North Carolina. I'd rather pick wins because then I'd be rooting
0: <laughs> for my money, and now I'm going to be kind of no, like. No, actually, actually, there's a there's a genius, there's a genius to this, right? Exactly.
2: <laughs> this listen, I, one of the one of the 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 secret insights into being a sports fan is that we are so emotional about these games that the smart play is to actually emotionally hedge your bets. Because listen, if Georgia mm. loses any of these games, we're going to be very sad. Yeah, but I remember all, how it
1: felt on your birthday. Yes, yes, the Tennessee game. Yeah. yes.
2: and. The sad part, but the advantage will be like, hey, not only do I get $10, because whatever, $10 is $10, or $20 is $20, which is it's money, but um, more to the point, you will get the, yeah, but I called it. Like, this was one of the games that I picked. This is one of the games I saw. So you will get the, yeah, it's unfortunate that we lost, but you can see it coming. We saw it back on that day in August.
1: So I as I'm leaving one. the George Dome, my boys are crying and upset. Uh-huh. I can put my arm around him and be great. like, "Hey, I'll get Daddy you just some chick fil I do
0: I do hold on. I do have one question asked yes, before sir. Scott goes with North Carolina. Can we pick zero wins and that counts?
2: Like if they lose every game,
0: they win every game. I'm sorry, zero lo- zero losses.
2: I'll tell you what, if they win every game, I'll give you 20 bucks if yeah. they win it. If we game. win every game, we will just all go out and have an awesome steak dinner and I'll uh, be out the fifty bucks and be giddyedly giddy and
1: happy. Fifty enough. bucks. That's going to really cost you more than that. In. No, for the three of us. Oh, in. we're going to the national or five and ten. Yeah, for that. that's what I'm saying. Okay, fifty bucks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, I just uh, want to make sure. Uh, uh, that would be I a have fun a feeling, dinner, I have by a the feeling.
1: Way. Yeah, it would be. I have a feeling that the listeners, on the in their car or at home, are completely Oh, they confused.
2: turned off twenty minutes ago. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I, hey, listen, just in case anyone's confused, just to remind you, all this is is a draft of the team that you think Georgia will lose to. Tony thinks the more the most likely lose Tennessee. My next pick was Mississippi, and Scott's were North Carolina and
0: what? Florida. Florida. Florida that's what. That's I'm having trouble. We call Scott. Me. Scott hates God in America.
2: Yes. So it's my turn to draft. I will take.
1: It'd be foolish if you didn't take Auburn. Um.
2: Oh God. I will. Can't take, even make myself say. I'm going to do this just to irritate Scott. <laughs>
1: Missouri. I'm a big Missouri. Missouri. Yes! But I mean, it's not going to happen. Okay. Why is Drew why is it lock? And they got some some new coach that I've never heard of. It is
2: worth noting that if, to the I'm looking at uh Bill Connelly's projections here. Here is the percentage Georgia is likely to win each game according to Bill Connelly's Yeah, States. I think it's important. They are uh, 61% to beat North Carolina. 100% to beat Nickel State. 67% to beat Missouri. Mhm. to beat Mississippi, 56% to beat Tennessee, 72% to beat South Carolina, 85% to beat Vanderbilt, 54% to beat Florida, Eighty one percent to beat Kentucky, sixty six percent to beat Auburn, ninety six percent to beat Louisiana Lafayette, and eighty one percent to beat Georgia Tech. So it's worth noting that given my choice there between Missouri and Auburn, no, I think it's it's Missouri is sixty seven percent and Auburn is sixty six percent. So they're
0: roughly equal. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna pick my next team to annoy. Scott also, Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech. And then Auburn. And
1: then Auburn. Oh yeah, you went back to back. Yes. Do we even have to pick any No, we gotta keep
2: going. You gotta keep going. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so the games we have left are Nickel State, South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Louisiana Lafayette. I would say, I'm gonna say the most likely of those games is actually South Carolina. Not because South Carolina is good, but you can see a must-champ, Kirby, weird. Like they come in, they've just beaten Tennessee. They've Beating Mississippi, they're six five and zero. Everyone's feeling great, and Muschamp has some weird little, like you can see that being. No, like,
1: I, I can see that. So yeah. I'm picking South Carolina. Okay, well then I will uh, go Get with two picks. Yeah, yeah, that's easy. Uh, the bluegrass up in Kentucky. I mean, because that's been a house of horrors in the past. We haven't really lost that many. It's just been really close. there has been some hairy games. Yeah, I mean, it's been it's been nail bite nail biter city. I mean, I remember the Corey Phillips game from <laughs> back in the late nineties when that wasn't a nail biter. He dominated them, yeah. right, Tony? What's that? Corey Phillips And for Quincy Carter?
0: Um, sure. Let's go okay. with that.
1: Uh, whatever. Anyway, um, but I'm gonna pick Kentucky because that could happen, and then of course Vanderbilt because I mean my freshman year at Georgia was 1994. And I galloped on over to Sanford Stadium in my coat and tie because I was a fraternity pledge. And next thing I knew, I was leaving, looking around, saying, are we, do we normally lose to Vanderbilt? Huh. I drove home 12 come?
0: hours from Washington, D.C. for that game. Oh. Yeah. It yeah. was bad. That yeah. Was, yeah. It was ugly. Sense.
1: That was a 6-4 in one year yeah. for uh, Ray Golf. Yeah. And we did not go to a bowl game.
2: I'll have you know. Um, I'll make my pick in just a moment, but I mentioned this in, in the pre show uh, when I was doing the MLB Plus game. Uh, we got on the topic of the Braves, and I brought up, which I have to say is now one of my favorite baseball related to college football anecdotes, which is the story of the Braves winning the 1995 World Series, which I didn't know anything that you learned about. From- if you learned from Scott, and I, I tell that story. That's awesome. It, it absolutely horrifies people when yeah. you tell them that story because because the Braves, you know, I mean, I think the national perception of the Braves is always as a team that. I don't think this just national. I think it's probably a local thing as well. They should have won more than one right. championship, and it's frustrating that they didn't. But then when you remind them, oh, not only did they only win one championship, but the time they won the championship was, A, the year after the strike, when few people were paying attention, and B, the night when the actual most beloved team in the state <clears throat> suffered one of its most humiliating losses in yeah. its entire history. So yeah. That's, uh,
0: that's, that's got I some, mean, a uh, book could be written
2: about That's it. got some mileage. I appreciate uh, you bringing it up at every
0: opportunity. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, sorry.
2: Um, and then uh, I'll take Louisiana Lafayette because they're an actual FBS team.
0: I guess I have Nickel State.
2: <laughs> I'll give you a hundred dollars if Nickel State uh, actually wins <laughs> that game, and we will need that to be. Spent. I will not take your hundred dollars yeah, in there. We'll spend State. On every bit of alcohol that we have
0: because we will change this podcast to waiting since next uh, th- uh, Tuesday and Saturday. We'll Wait become until, a, a basketball podcast.
2: It'll just it'll be all about uh, all about that Lovey Smith. About volleyball. Podcast uh, be I about.
1: think I mentioned this in one of our earlier podcasts this season too. But the other error in the Georgia media guide, next to Mike Harbaugh being the Michigan coach, is that it has Georgia playing at Auburn. I think they forgot that the SEC yeah. switched the schedule and made us play down there two years in a row, and now it's flip flopped.
0: Well, one last thing, and I think it's a Will. You you might have artfully tried to get us around this. We didn't actually pick Georgia's possible finish in the East last week. Yes, we so, were. We yeah. only picked six teams. So time
2: to do it. Is that time Let's to wrap it? it up with this? That's time to do it.
0: All right. So. I think third. You think third. You think yeah, third.
1: Tennessee, nine and three season. I could see that. You know, with losses to uh, potentially uh, Ole Miss, Tennessee, and Florida. Yeah. You know, I think that could very well happen. Yeah. Um, and if and it could be easily eight and four if uh, the UNC loss happens. I do not see any way possible that Georgia slips up at you know like a Kentucky or even an Auburn or Georgia Tech. I just don't or South Carolina to mention that. I just don't see that happening. Um, but I do see a very respectful, it's going to, it's going to be hand-wringing. Uh, there's going to be a lot of, uh, you know, yelling at the TV, yelling in the stadium or yelling at your radio dial, uh, out of frustration, but it's growing pains. And I think it's going to be a very respectful eight and four, nine and three finished third, go to the, what? Outback Bowl or Citrus Bowl. Maybe they can play Nebraska or Penn State. That Illinois. would be exciting. Is Illinois set to have a good year?
2: Nah, uh, they, if they get the six wins. Okay, so I, we'll, I think we mentioned this in the last podcast. But if it ever gets to the point where Illinois played Georgia in a bowl, it will Georgia will have had a nightmare season. Illinois yeah. would have had a dream. And you
1: you will and you will wear all orange and blue. Uh, I, I mean, I wear all orange and blue anyway. I'm a
2: festive sort. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, okay, so I have to say when I look at the schedule. I'm really nervous about the North Carolina game. We'll get into this next week. That game makes me nervous. Um, but. And Mississippi, I think is like, if they beat Mississippi at Mississippi. Oh, we're going to the dome. This is an exciting time. Like I'll put it that way. So I'm not, re- and it's possible, but I'm not saying it's, it's, uh, it's, it's an impossibility, but I'm not sure I'm ready to take that leap with this team yet to say that they can go win at Mississippi. But I think they can absolutely win home against Tennessee, and I think they can absolutely uh, beat Florida. In fact, of those two games, I think they're more likely to beat Florida than they are uh, to beat Tennessee. Right. I can see them dropping one of those two, losing to Mississippi, and I said, I'm very nervous about the North Carolina game. I'm also going to go with 9-3 and three with a loss to Mississippi, a loss to North Carolina, though that possibly could change next week, and then one, a loss to either, but not both tennessee and florida and i have to say nine and three as much as we talk about how much pressure kirby's on his first year it'd be pretty hard to say how what a huge disappointment if you win nine and three
0: right i so where do you think we finish in the east i think
2: that puts them probably second because okay. i because i think uh i think that what well, the, of course the fun part about this you look at tennessee schedule look at tennessee schedule yeah their schedules tennessee is, schedules is, is insane it's
0: not it's not great for them and, um I you mean know, that's always the problem.
2: Uh, the problem is when you have to play Alabama every year. Like right. that's always going to be a little bit of a
0: headache. Well, you know the the funny part about this is that I got to pick first, right? So I really I put the two toss up games as Tennessee and Ole Miss. Um, and, and part of that has to do with playing on the road against Ole Miss. But the thing about Ole Miss that I keep coming back to, and the reason I think we probably are and we'll get to this when we get to the game but the reason I think we 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 went against Ole Miss is that they have a game against Alabama the week before mm-hmm. um, and one of two things is going to happen in the game either they're going to stretch that streak to four and then they're going to turn around and play us and think it's a cakewalk or they're going to just get housed by Alabama and um, and I'm not exactly sure with all that's going on at Ole Miss this year that they ha- are built for. They certainly don't have the depth they've had, but I don't think they're built for the kind of like let's let's rally around one another. And, yeah. and so
2: there that, is a, there is a non-zero chance. Obviously, the circumstances are different. There's a non-zero chance that this is like a Baylor situation where yeah, that that could be some
0: they could be where five. they could
2: have like a really ugly off season that yeah. sends things spir- spiraling yeah. in a bad direction. Yeah.
0: So, but, you know, but that's not but, the same.
2: Obviously, not the same thing.
0: And, and and that's a little different than pick and then like so, like figuring out what is going to do. That, but that's why right. I picked Tennessee. On, um, you know, I I think I used King of the Dipshits earlier in this uh, <laughs> earlier in the summer talking about the SEC East. I just think Tennessee is that that's that's them. I'm not necessarily buying them to be you know 11 and one and in a playoff contender if they win the SEC. Um, but I just think they're going to be a little better than than the rest of the teams in the East. Um, you know, having said that, I, I don't I don't have a good sense for North Carolina. To be honest, I hadn't looked at it enough to figure out what I think we're going to do. But nine and three in second the East sounds right to me um, for a lot of reasons. Um, I think we're going to lose a game at some point because we have a first year head coach. Yeah. I think we're going to lose a game at some point because we have a freshman quarterback playing a lot of reps. What about field goal kicker? And then I think yeah. we're going to lose another game somewhere along the way because we. Um, we just, just flout got – we got out, out talented. And it, it's up – I mean, we have three teams on the schedule that, that match us talent-wise, Old Miss, Tennessee, and Florida. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me to lose to one of those three. I, I'm, I would hate it to be any of those three um, just because Florida's Florida and Tennessee, you know. So you think they're going to beat Mississippi – I, I, I don't, And I'm beat not, North Carolina. I'm not I'm not. let no. still lose three. No, 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 no. Okay. I think if we lose three, it's going to be a combination of uh North Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, and Ole Miss. Okay. Um I you know, sounds, is, I, mean, that's is, well, I think. Too. Yeah, that's what yeah, right. So I think I mean, is there a scenario where we could lose we could go nine and three and beat those those five um or four? Yeah, of course. I mean, Auburn could be super great. By the way, I don't think Auburn's going to be super great. Man, that Clemson
2: um, game might get. We'll talk about that next week. That yeah, I, I just, still see, I still
0: see. I, think they have exactly the same problems they had last year. Um, I mean, is there a situation where Ole Miss? I mean, George Tech has a bounce back uh, because it's you know Paul Johnson. That's what he does. I'm sure. Why not? Um, but you know, I don't, I don't hold a lot of. I still, I don't see a lot of bounce back in Georgia Tech right now with with way recruiting's going for them. So you know. Nine and three I mean, their losing. Their
1: athletic director bolted for, their, right. their, for their, Purdue. Purdue, of Purdue. all places.
0: So, but having said that, <laughs> I, having I, I, see, on this I mean, I I mean, I do see a, I do see a path. I do yeah. see a path. Do Eleven do. and one. There's when, a path. There is a, a clear path right. to the SEC East title. Right. I mean, I do see that. I just, I just, and maybe it's maybe it's getting beat down last year so much. But I, I mean, I just think nine and three feels right. Uh, And second, the East, and And, and we could be tied for first, and you know the tiebreaker breaks against us. We could be we could be tied for first and go and be the sacrificial slaughter lamb for LSU or Alabama. Will and I think it's LSU, but um, I just that's just where I think we are.
2: I'm curious what our listeners think about the notion that we all seem to have them at nine and three or eight and four. Would that feel like a disappointment to people? Would that feel like a reasonable first year, I'm curious. Like we talked about, Bill Connolly's piece. Bill Connolly's piece was very. The pressure's on Smart right now. Well, you know. Well,
0: well, we'll I, I mean, I, to me, part of that is, and I love SB Nation. Let me be clear how much I love SB Nation. I think they're changing the way we look at uh, college sports, but they definitely have a narrative they're pushing about a lot of different teams in Georgia. Yeah. The one team that the, they're, the the narrative they're pushing about. Georgia, I find it very interesting that the narrative last year about Georgia was all about Mark Rick not the ability to win big game. And now the narrative they're pushing about Miami is how great a hire Mark Rick was. <laughs> so, and let, let's, but, but having said that, I get that there, they are absolutely click driven and readership driven. So having said all of that, you know, Book Conley's numbers don't necessarily lie. That right. if you look at that, Georgia's only go, well, Georgia go 11 and one. Yeah.
2: Right. They're favored in eleven They're favored of games. in eleven
0: of twelve games. We were favored eleven of twelve games last year. Yeah. Right. And we lost we lost three. So yeah. it, it's not hard for me to see, see us go in nine and three. I think anything I think anything less than eight and four absolutely then you're worried. is a disappointing season. Yeah. Right. Eight and four, depending on how those four teams turn yeah. out. I mean, sitting here in August, nine and three feels right, but you know, I mean Tennessee could be legitimately twelve and zero. Uh, and playing Ole Miss in the SEC Championship, right. and then North Carolina playing right. whomever they would play in the ACC Championship. And we're championship. like, wow, our three losses are well, to three, the yeah. five best teams in football. Right. But if you look at two of our three losses last year were to the SEC mm-hmm. te- Championship participants, and then the third loss was to a team that really should have been in the SEC, right, right. SEC Championship game, but just crapped their pants against Florida. Right. right, right, right. right? So, you know, but that doesn't... That doesn't make the buttercup shine, um, you know. I, overall, I'm it's in, it's going to be fun. I, I'm looking forward to reviewing, to actually talking about f- actual game games next week. Yeah, actual games next week. We're going to make way, picks. Well, we're going to have a game have been played by the time we record next week. All right, uh, California and Hawaii play like tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow night. Well, they play they play Saturday noon in Australia. In Australia. Uh, but it's actually ten PM Eastern. Really? Yeah. Tomorrow night. So yeah, there's calls instant- tomorrow night. Friday night, Friday tomorrow night at Cal versus I mean Thursday, Friday, Thursday,
1: Friday. Friday oh, night. Friday night, Friday yeah. Friday night. Yeah. yeah. I'm sorry. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So go ahead and get one your uh, get your sling subscription together if you're not uh, if you're a cord cutter or make sure you have ESPN if you're if you're not. All right. So
2: uh next week we'll be doing that, but we will have one short podcast in between yeah, then. With Seth, I right? will be talking to Seth Emerson on uh on Friday, I believe. Let me check my
1: schedule. I will be deal. talking to him on Friday. Ask him Friday. what he thinks about Tony and me. I, I think
2: I I
0: maybe I maybe it'll be like uh, I'm okay if he doesn't. Like when they when they
2: asked uh, uh, when they asked uh, Don Draper when the advertising executive, the advertising kid that gets fired. Yeah. He's like, what do you even think of me? And he's it's like, like, I don't, I don't, I don't think, think of, you of you at all.
1: Right. I don't know who you are. I
2: don't think yeah. of you at all. Um, I would love that answer. I want to say that to someone in my life.
0: It hasn't happened yet. But I <laughs> You're want too them. darn nice though. Know, You'd be I like, you know, I want you've to been, been, be, yeah. I've been worried
2: about you. I wish I could be the guy that says that, yeah, but I'm not. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'll have that podcast. Uh, I'll, I'll send that to you okay. Friday after we tape it. And it'll be nice. It'll just be like one of our Sundays podcasts. I'll just do the intro and we'll just wrap it right in. Um, but otherwise, uh, we'll be back to preview an
1: actual game next week. Are we going to do um, the podcast pick'em contest?
0: Oh God! See, is the funny thing is um, is actually Paul Westerdog, who originally had the George Post mm-hmm. blog, sent me a text asking me that question. That it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of time. Um, what, what, uh, what, what's what's the major part? Just picking the games, or loading it all up, or well, making up? sure you don't miss the deadline, so we don't end up with a lot of games like Louisiana okay, Lafayette versus.
2: If if, if if the option is you. Not doing it or me doing it, I'll do it.
0: I tell you what, we'll do. I tell you what, we'll do. Let me look, sit down and look tonight. Let's let and see UGA
1: Carey head it headed up.
0: You know, UGA, we haven't mentioned UGA Carey this season yeah. yet, yeah, which should, is kind we of should, weird. She's we very disappointed
2: move. with me for not going to the North Carolina game. Yeah. Well, Tony and I will well, be there. She's
0: yeah. actually going to be a little disappointed in me because there's a possibility I don't go at this point. Uh, it, there's a lot of a lot of reasons why, but it's a, it's a family thing, for but sure. I haven't decided yet. Um, but the. Um, let me sit down and look and see and see. It's possible that we do that and maybe what I'll do is I'll share the login and password with you and we can I'd I can be happy. I can send you a text and say, yeah. Man, I can't get to it this I'm week. On it. Yeah. All right. Absolutely. So and if, if we do that... We uh, will have one. And you okay. know what? I th- we'll also have one. Think It'll if, be on the George Sports blog. The information... Yeah, I'll get have, it out there.
1: Did, I also think we need to have like some little token at the end of the season for the exact winner. Well,
0: I offered people to come to our, our G-Day tailgate. and um, I'll
2: tell you what. If they're I added, didn't even come to so your how G- about G-Day this? tailgate. If they, if they don't... Because a lot of people might not be in town. They get two minutes on this podcast to talk about whatever the hell they want.
0: Just i I'm fine. It's Two?
2: Too,
1: Two minutes. Two's a lot. Two's a lot. Yeah, we'll be we'll be liberal with the two minutes. I mean, I'll yeah. cut. I might could cut you. Out I mean, we the, don't. We I don't mean, have the power because I do the.
0: We. I mean, producing. we never go more than like what thirty six minutes. Yeah.
1: Oh yeah. No, yet. this one. This is going to be less than ninety minutes.
2: Yeah. Our time is is precious.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, so yeah. I, yeah. We need. Well, these will be shorter once the season starts because we're going to cover Well, yeah. the Sunday one, ones are going
2: to be like fifteen minutes. Yeah. So that's right. That's right. Um, all right, um, gentlemen. That was an enjoyable time. Uh, this is our last preseason podcast that's a good feeling
1: that's a real good feeling we
2: actually uh let's go let's go run through the wall i'm gonna go stare in the mirror and scream
1: well you know your son is at least or he'll (laughs) he'll be screaming actual numbers (laughs) be names the
2: numbers (laughs) of all the players you are looking at the media guide now my son falls asleep to the media guide every night there is nothing about
0: that that's not awesome
2: like it is it is a. it's I'm, i'm happy again i feel like i need to teach him like state capitals or presidents or something like that but uh but yeah i if he uh, listen, that's. LaRoche disagrees. Yeah, he is not. It, it turns out that a clubhouse <laughs> is not actually the best place to raise a child. All right, everyone, uh, we'll be back. I'll uh, we'll be back. I'll be back with Seth uh, probably Monday. I'm assuming Monday would be that when that would go up. It should be easy. You know, I like Or this you know, weekend for, or Friday. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and um, and then we'll have the big show um, preview and the game next week. That sounds good. Go dogs. go dogs. Go dogs.
1: And thanks for listening. Make sure to check back this weekend for Will's special interview with Bulldogs beat reporter Seth Emerson of the AJC. You can follow our podcast on Twitter at WSLS Podcast. Twitter links for Will, Tony, and me will be listed in the show notes page of this episode. Our next full episode will be out on Thursday, September 1st. Yes, after this weekend, we can once again say it's game week. You can be certain that we will bring you our best insight and opinions on how we think the game against UNC will play out, and the college football pick 'em contest will be back up and running, so stay tuned. Enjoy your weekend, go, dogs, and as always, we'll see you on campus.